I want to say happy Valentine's Day. And uh, I know this is Sunday, and, and you got candy when you walked in. You got chocolate. Mmm, chocolate, huh? And uh, so, guys, if you forgot the chocolate, if you forgot that, then I saved you today. <laughs> I want to start a mini-series, two weeks, on marriage. And I want to begin by saying something that you're going to hear from me for quite a few months, statements like this. Marriage is not a group think. It's two called anointed individuals who come in agreement with a plan of God for their home. In marriage, you never lose your identity. People have lived their lives with group think. And I want to say to you that even though you can be in a good season, your finances can be in order, you can even be debt-free, you can have many friends, and you can actually today have the job of your dreams in the middle of COVID. But... If your marriage is on the rocks, then none of that really matters, does it? If relationships you have in life, speaking to those that are single, are not in line with the Word of God, and you are not walking in the principles of the Word of God, it really doesn't matter because everything that's going well doesn't really matter because what matters is what God planned and God planned covenant relationships. I believe marriage is so vital to your spiritual walk. I believe the miracle you are believing for is because your marriage and your home is well. The actual miracles you are believing for is that your home is well. Today, I want to give you the main key to save your marriage. I'm going to give you four, but today I want to give you the absolute key to a marriage, not that's perfect, but in God's eyes is perfect. Doesn't mean that everything is going perfect in your home. But what I'm telling you if you will understand the four points I'm going to give you and begin to live this out in your relationships, you will have great success. Let's pray. Father, thank you for anointing this time, anointing the things that we've done. God, we have seen individuals come together in agreement, leading us in worship. We have seen individuals who have prayed and we've seen the miraculous power and presence of God manifest itself in this house. For those that are watching on the screen, today is the day that transformation can take place. Why? Because you understand God's purpose and God's plan. See, God wants to work through and heal your marriage. 
So turn your Bibles to Matthew 19. And in Matthew 19, and we're going to talk to you how to divorce-proof your marriage. We're going to talk to you of how to create an atmosphere, a spiritual atmosphere in your home regarding marriage and to those that are planning on getting married or those that are not married, even those that have lost your loved ones. I want you to understand God has produced an atmosphere in covenant relationships to give you something so special that it will overwhelm you every day of your life. Now, I'm going to give you my premise. This is what the Lord said to me before I put this together. America has given up on marriage. Couples have given up on a term called agreement. You have your way, I have my way. I will acquiesce to you over here, you acquiesce to me over here. In marriage, it should never be acquiescing. It should be agreement. Because what we will learn today, God has already set apart everything that you need to agree upon for a very happy marriage. Jesus hasn't given up on marriage either. It is the very reason he came to marry you. Matter of fact, let me just give you a little bit more in statistics. The institution of marriage predated the church and will post-date the church. You have marriage, you have the history of mankind in this world, and then you will have marriage that's postdated, the church and everything else. See, the first attack of the enemy was the relationship between men and women. Now, I want to sound extreme right now. Okay, everyone just think about it. Pastor is going to be really extreme right now. If every pastor in this church lost their marriage, if every elder in this church lost their marriage, if every usher in this church lost their marriage, and if every person in this church lost their marriage, this church would cease to exist. Chaos would sweep our country because people lose their marriages. From the very beginning, listen very closely to this. From the very beginning, God has designed church to be an overflow of your marriage. Let me say it this way. The very reason God has blessed us in our church is because we have many healthy marriages. Valley Community Church is the overflow of what is happening in your homes behind closed doors. Healthy churches don't flow back into the home. Healthy homes flow back into the church. Let's continue. 
For Valley Community Church to be a model or a world changer, it must start in our homes. I'm here to convince you now. We have not given up on your marriages like the world has. Did you know that 61% of women in our world today, between the ages of 18 and 49 years, consider having a child on their own, saying it is no longer necessary for a marriage and marriage is not the atmosphere even for a child to be brought up in. 67% of first-time marriages now will end by the fourth year. Now that you're all happy, According to George Barna, divorce happens more inside the church than it does outside the church. People who confess Jesus Christ as Lord have a greater chance of divorce than those who have not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. Amazing statistic, isn't it? Satan from the beginning is a strategist. Satan is, is working a plan to destroy every marriage that is represented in this house. Today, we are going to raise up a standard and expose today lies that many of us are believing today. Now again, I told you it's going to take me two weeks. And next week is, I can't wait till next week, but I want to give you what God's given me for this week, because this whole week, I want you to absolutely let it melt in your heart and let God, the Holy Spirit, absolutely change everything that you believed regarding your marriage. Everything. There's not one person in here, I don't care if you believe you have the greatest marriage. God wants to change that marriage. Here's the first lie most of us are believing. When will it all end? You've checked out. You have submitted to deception. And you've stated what the group has stated to you. Instead of individually allowing God to move in your life personally, to manifest this power of this key that God wants to give us regarding our marriages. After this message, you're going to really love your pastor if you haven't already. So again, today, God is here to heal your marriage, and it's never too late. Let me say it another way. Even if your marriage in your eyes is perfect, God wants you to know he wants to take your marriage to a greater place. 
He wants to give you a new understanding. He wants to give you a revelation of a new commitment and a new passion for one another. For those who've been devastated through marriage and relationships, God wants to do the same thing for you. It may not end up in a a result of a marriage, of another new marriage, but so that you live in such a dream of God's plans manifesting in your life, everyone in this house must understand the key I will give you today. Now, as I am exposing through this week and next week the lies, I'm going to give you four things that will divorce-proof your marriage. The first thing is, to me, the most important. Here it is. Keep the marriage covenant sacred. Keep the marriage, pause, covenant, sacred. Matthew 19, we're going to read verses 3 through 6. The Pharisees are testing Jesus. Now at this season, everyone was divorcing everyone for any reason they could think about. You see, this is not a 2021 problem. It has always been in Satan's plan to destroy your marriage, to break you apart. Chaos was existing in the families of this day when Matthew 19 was written. So let me read what is stated. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, another study, the authority of the father and mother, and shall be joined, create the authority, covenant authority, to his wife, joined to his wife. When it talks about being joined to his wife, the Greek word is proskaleo, and it means face-to-face or talking about sexual intercourse, the closest way of intimacy a man and a woman can have. And the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Jesus says, when this marriage covenant takes place, I put my endorsement on it, and I take it very seriously. God takes your marriages very seriously. Wherever you've been, whatever has happened, whatever wrong choices you've made, whatever things you've said, whatever things you've done, God takes your marriage very seriously because he sees it in covenant. 
I believe my memory is correct, and I may be corrected later on today, but when I was 23 years old, I married Terry. I didn't know fully what a covenant or covenant was and the purpose of covenant. I really didn't have any clue into how to make it happen in my marriage. So I've had on-the-job training, and, t- and Terry has done very well for 39 years. <laughs> the difference is between a covenant and a contract. Most of us, when we got married, we thought contract. Like if you were signing a contract to play baseball. What is your rights and what is their rights? Most marriages today in our world are contract marriages. So let me talk to you now about what a covenant marriage is. And I want to speak to those that are watching from around the world. You understand covenant better than we do in America. But what I'm going to do as a pastor of Valley Community Church, I'm going to teach what you understand and you live out. A covenant marriage is a, watch it, don't get crazy on me when I say this, is a prearranged set of conditions. I didn't say prearranged marriage. They are prearranged set of conditions that are designed to create a healthy marriage. God set the standards. Man did not, woman did not. Groupthink did not. The best marriage book you have read or the best convention you've gone to on marriage is a groupthink. If it's not based on scripture, it will lead you into deception. So this is important. A covenant marriage is where both spouses rescind all their rights and accept all the responsibility for their marriage. A contract marriage, both spouses keep as many rights as possible and accept, if very few, responsibility for the marriage. I'm going to say that again because the Holy Spirit just said, repeat that. A covenant marriage, both spouses rescind all their rights and accept all the responsibility for their marriage. A contract marriage, both spouses keep as many rights as possible and accept, accept, if very few, responsibility for the marriage. That's the difference, and we must realize that many believers are contract Christians. Let me explain that. 
many come to Christ and we want all the benefits. Aren't we teaching on Psalm 103? They're ours. They want all the benefits, but do not want to give up our rights. We don't want to accept the responsibility of our life. What we do, what we say, what we think. But look at what Jesus said about this. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desire to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Your identity in every area of your life is not based on a group. It's based on an individual and his name is Christ, the word of God. We have based our decisions what marriage is, what marriage is not, on group think, on culture instead of basing it on the covenant of God's word that God covenanted with us and he set that standard in our marriages and in everything that we do. The scripture we just read says, take up his cross or shoulder the burden that Jesus died to all his rights. Jesus was God and gave up his rights to come to be a human, a man, so that he could shed his blood and die for you and me. He gave up his rights. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. We have lived our life based on what we can get out of something instead of dying to something and dying to self. An example here. Do you know why I don't get offended at people? Now, let me explain something to you. There's a difference between offense and emotions. Now, I might get upset at someone. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. Ask my friends. I might get upset, but let's get real. I might even momentarily get my feelings hurt for a short time. But I am offended at no one. Why? Because how do I become offended when I gave up my rights when I was born again? How can you be offended when you have given up your rights? Offense comes because someone has overrode your right. And a lot of times when I teach on subjects like this, especially marriage, we get really quiet. We don't want to say amen because that person's sitting next to us. We don't want to say amen because in our own knowing we know that we have messed up in areas. Thank you. (laughs) Jesus, the Bible says, took my offense. 
I cannot keep or harbor bitterness against my wife or anyone else because Jesus took all of that on the cross. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm like you. I can get ticked off once in a while. I can get frustrated. But I have no ability to be offended because I have given up my rights. So here is the result of this powerful key and truth, understanding covenant. I've given up my right. I've accepted responsibility to live my life before my children, to live my life before my wife. I accept my responsibility to live my life before you as your pastor. And I want to tell you, when you pastor, people can do things that can offend you. People can say things that can offend you. But I have given up my right. And this is the way I say things from the time I was a kid. I just stink and love you. So whatever you do, you can do really awful things, and some people have through the years. I will not be offended. See, I live in covenant relationships. Do you see the difference between contract and covenant? See, are you a contract Christian or a covenant Christian? Some people, they, they, they love church. But by the time they die and live a long life, they've gone to a hundred of them. Because someone didn't smile at them. By the way, we get away with that now with our masks. Someone didn't smile at them. Someone didn't talk to them. Someone did something. The bass player or the guitar player or the piano player played too loud. They didn't sing my song. I'm offended. And I'm going to go. And there is no such thing as covenant in that decision. It's contract. You meet my need or else I'll leave. I'll divorce you, church. Or you meet my need, spouse, or I will divorce you. You do what I want to do. You say what I want to say. You live your life the way I want you to live your life or I will divorce you. And many people are divorced and they're still living together. You cannot become a covenant marriage spouse until you have become a covenant believer. And I am a covenant believer first, which then will make it easy to enter into a covenant with the woman named Terry Klaus. This August will be 40 years. Amen. And we're going to celebrate. I already got the plan. It's easy for my marriage to be healthy. I didn't say perfect. I said healthy. Because I am in covenant with the Lord. I am never going back. 
I have been sentenced to heaven. It's a covenant deal that Jesus gave me. I, in turn, say to my wife, I am in covenant relationship with you because I am a covenant relation, in covenant relationship with the Lord. Question, how important is your marriage? How important are relationships? You know, you can, you can live your life, and I, I've learned this through the years. I remember when I was in high school. I remember when I was in college. Man, I had buddies. I had played sports. And in high school, I had, we had all these windows. It wasn't like California where everything's outside. You're in Michigan. It's cold, so everything's inside. And you have the different windows you sit in. This is the jock window. This is the cheerleader window. This is the druggie window. This is, you know, you name it, it was there. Your identity was in group. And you know what I found out when I went to college? Almost every one of those guys that were, yeah, we're together, they're gone. When I went to college. I went to college. I went to Bible college. And we're prayer warriors. We were worshiping God. We were all buddy-buddy. And the moment we graduated from college, where were the phone calls? You see, because everything's contract. What can we get from one another? What can you do to feed me, to make me feel better about myself, instead of realizing it's about covenant? What can I do for you? How can I touch your life? So through my life, I got tons of friends all over, but you know who usually makes the phone calls to connect? Me. It's not because we're not friends. It's not that because they don't care. It's, it's because, I'll just say it, and if you're listening and you're watching me, some of my friends, they watch me, it says, because I know covenant. I know covenant, and I live covenant. From family to friends to peers, I'm the one that usually calls. That's okay. I understand that. I've given up my rights. I can sit at home and pout. No one's calling me. But I'm a covenant believer. I'm a covenant friend. I'm a covenant husband. I'm a covenant father. I'm going to do everything I know the Word of God says for you. Matter of fact, I've said this hundreds of times, and I, I will keep saying it. I'm not the perfect husband. Don't model after me. Model after Christ. But I tell you what, I will create an atmosphere for my wife, the best that I know how, so that she can succeed in everything that God's called her to be. I've given up my right for for me to go 50-50. 50 me, 50 you. You know, and sometimes, okay, 40 me, 60 you. No, it's 100. 
but most people live their lives contract. And they get mad all the time. So the question is, how important is your marriage? Do you want a bumper sticker show? You ever seen that? I remember when I was young, I used to say, I will never do this. And even my phone, I will stick on a chair if I'm in a restaurant. You see these couples, an older couple, they'll go to breakfast and they're reading their paper. Oh, we read our paper during breakfast and we talk when we get home. Oh, don't tell me that lie. See, that every opportunity you get to be with one another, be with one another. Communicate. There are times my wife, because of her busyness, needs time to herself. I run up to the man cave. There are times I need time to myself. She releases me to do that. There are times I need to be with my friends. I go play golf. There are times I need to, to do things, and it's, it's because God gave that to us. But it's not because if I can't do it, that I will be offended and mad at everybody because I can't do it. I've given up my rights. I'm a covenant believer, and I live in a covenant marriage. So do you want a bumper sticker show marriage or go great lengths to tattoo it on your heart? Go ahead, raise your hand. How many of you have tattoos? Good, raise your hand. Awesome, cool. Sometimes I say, hey, let me see that tattoo. Some I can't ask that because it's places you can't ask. <laughs> but, but the reality is, it's just got to be read from the heart. Is it there? Or is it just a show? I, I, know, I know couples, lovely people, wonderful people, friends, that I know that when we're together with them, it's just a show. Their home is, is tore up because I was a youth pastor for years and I knew their kids. And I knew the pain of their kids. I never said anything to them. I loved them. I was around them. But the reality is, is we can't have a bumper sticker show. A bumper sticker can be removed with a little effort or just buy another car. That's what people do in relationships. Contract's over. I'm selling it. What must you decide to do is that nothing can remove your love for your spouse. That's covenant. For those that are single, nothing can remove that. No person, no thing, no money, nothing. You need to write it on your heart. And that's covenant. Jesus did that with us. Next week, I'm going to give you the three other points. But I want you to realize today is a new day for every one of us. Everything we do in life must change. Why? Not because we do it better and I got to work harder and I got to do this. No. 
It's because you understand covenant. And what you've done, instead of working harder at it, you've given up the things that have hindered you. You've given up your rights. Hmm. Jesus even said, if this cup can pass from me, let me just give you another words. Jesus says, Father, can you do it another way? Yeah. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you look at your spouse and you go, what? I don't. I just go, what, honey? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Forgive me for lying there. It's not easy until you understand covenant. It is absolutely impossible if you live your life by contract. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. My daughter-in-law looks beautiful in that red, doesn't she? Amen. Hey. First thing of covenant is relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here and you haven't confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, there's the start. The Bible says to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you will be saved. And then that's when the training begins. <laughs> again, one of my statements I've always made is if you were a nerd before you were born again, right after you're born again, you're a born again nerd. Okay? Your spirit changes, now you have to work on your flesh. Same in marriage. If you got married not understanding the covenant vows that you made, it's tough. That's why 67% end after four years in divorce. But divorce proofing your marriage is that you understand covenant. And the beginning part of that is you die to self. Amen. Father, thank you for your love for us, for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit here teaching us and guiding us. Thank you for the authority of the word. We submit to the authority. We come under the mission of the word, the revelation of the word, and we say yea and amen to Jesus, the word, in our lives. Lord, I pray every home is blessed today. Why? Because every one of us are now changed. Changes are in the making. Life is changing because we as individuals change. Father, teach us your word, your covenant is about individuals, not groups or culture. It's about individuals who are gifted and anointed by God that will go and meet people in relationships, covenant relationships, and come in agreements, and they will become groups, but groups that are covenant believers. 
walking in the anointing and the power of God. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for touching our lives today. For those all around that are watching on the screen, in Jesus' name, be blessed. Let your homes be changed because you're changed. Church family, I love you. Remember, we come in this house not empty-handed. We come with our tithe and our offering with just a few extra seconds to say hello to somebody. A few extra seconds to be led of the Holy Spirit and pray over someone. Because why? Our hands are full to bless and to honor one another. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy the chocolate that we gave you. Have a great day. apart not life not death not the in between this is just the start don't let them keep you down don't let them push you out we were made to live to be fierce like lions love and forgive just keep moving on just keep pushing There's a new way of battle life. Only one can set the captive free. He's bringing sight back to the blind. Show the lame how to walk and make the dead alive. Just keep moving on. Just keep pushing ahead. Yeah, the new has come. Oh, the old is dead. Just keep moving on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Set on love, we got that Holy Ghost power. We keep our eyes fixed on love. We got that Holy Ghost power. We got our hearts set on love. We got that Holy Ghost power. We keep our eyes fixed on love.
Yeah, everybody hurts sometimes, I know that's what they say. But right now it seems this loneliness won't go away. Yeah. Can anybody feel this heartache? Is anyone around? Feels like we're running round in circles, we can't.